Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This actually feels like kind of doing a scene, which I haven't done in two years. <laughs> oh, like yeah, uh, yeah. It's been way longer for me since I've done a yeah, scene. Yeah, just like getting a premise that I don't have to live with the choices for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Yeah, all the choices we make, we have to, to remember forever. <laughs> the consequences. Or people will ask questions about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why did they eat soup in episode four hundred? Because in episode ninety eight, they said soup's poison. <laughs> Uh, and that was a borscht. That's why. If if, uh, if you juice. get us, if you get us on something that's not canon, you correct us. Then your Patreon account is free that month. That's just, yeah. If you that's, save eight dollars. That's, that's canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dangerous precedent to send, uh, man! Oh, oh no! This is. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> we're in a cold open right now. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> My livelihood. Welcome. Well, um, it looks like Skyjacks will be coming out once a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we can afford because that's how good we are at continuity. Oh, good. Oh, good. So y'all are still in that room. The folks from the Tempest Armada, like when they leave, they have the plan and that will be announced. You don't necessarily need to be present for that. You do have some big things that just happened that you need to unpack a little bit together. Is the crew by itself, ourselves in the room? There are still the guards out at the door, but like, yeah, you're pretty much alone in there. We with bathroom Barry, can we do <laughs> right? Perhaps Tyler, if bathroom Barry could excuse himself, like there's a chance that he's going to have to put up the show, you know, soon. Mm-hmm. He's probably got a lot yeah. of preparation to do for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a there's a moment where we're we're pre- like everyone is left. We're about to we all, there's like the feeling in the room where it's like we're about to like start hashing some shit out and and it's like we're about to go into it and then kind of eyes start to go to Barry whose eyes are kind of like a little shifty. He's kind of like shifting around and he's he's like a little jittery and it's just like everybody kind of looks to each other, looks to Barry and it's just like 
Barry, you can go. And he's like, thank you, you so much. I, I have so much work. I, I, I don't know. And he just kind of gets his, he starts like warming up his voice as he's like, like power walking. He doesn't want to run, but he is power walking out the door. Many mumbling mice. <laughs> <laughs> Making the music in the moonlight. Mighty slam. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. I've heard just a, I'm a few test so tracks. <laughs> They're really just very excited. Okay. Yes. First things so, first. I think we all need to apologize to Jonnet because he was only able to do one round of doubt firing. <laughs> that really is the tragedy of the it's evening. It's a shame. It's a real shame. And honestly, that's more on me than anyone else. <laughs> it does just mean we're just going to have to hit that note much harder later on at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. In the... The tornado calling. I'll play both sides. It's okay. I'll I'll do. I'll, pref- I'll fight on both sides. We'll figure it out. I prefer you didn't. I prefer you didn't okay. do that. That's I prefer fine. you. You know what? Play That's for fair. us, Gable. Singularly, we we're just we're just we're we're brainstorming again. <laughs> yes, we're brainstorming, um, and you know, there's no bad ideas in brainstorming, but that was a bad one. So I think you. <laughs> That's that was a bad one. Fair. Got it. Heard the note. Um, uh-huh. And so Jonathan is still kind of in awe of what he saw between Sifa and the captain. And whether it's like the right thing to say or not, Jonathan kind of goes up to the captain and it's just like, what you had with her is, was pretty special, wasn't it? The captain places a hand on Jonnet's shoulder. For whatever it's worth, I hope that you're able to find that with her again. And I think the captain pats Jonnet's shoulder in... It's a complicated gesture, you know? It's a, hey, thank you for caring. Also, you're 15... And you that, have this no is kind of a heavy moment on. for me. I'm dead. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, you sweet, sweet summer child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Johnny turns around like, well, did my part. Bye. <laughs> I <laughs> so, fixed <mix> it. <laughs> um, uh, Gable yeah, is going to kind of look around at where they saw the shadowy figure. Uh, yeah. What? what did you just experience? What did you see? Oh, t- did you not hear me whispering to Travis? Well, that's good. That means Travis was Travis, the closest. Travis was the closest. <laughs> Both physically uh, and emotionally. Well, <laughs> the the cutting stone if they're watching us. I'm not sure what occurred. And it may be I can't tell if my magic either caused it to be there or just revealed its presence that was their extant. But when I was attempting to look at the magic imbued in the weave, a figure was in the window. A figure that we are familiar with. And I assume, Ormar, you saw it as well. Otherwise, you would not have drawn your weapon. The captain winks. Captain, if I... If I may... What did you do 
when the cutting stone arrived. It looked challenging, and quite honestly, it felt challenging to me. And I'm just curious. The captain takes a moment to gather the signs that he can do and signs back when I am here and he gestures to himself I am not seen but I cannot touch them is that why you collapsed the captain winks it's pretty cool that you can kind of go back and forth at will though I don't know about at will yeah, it, it, there, the, he signs. He does. He just does like this thing, <laughs> <laughs> which is the little little wavy hand thing. You audience that can't see what I just did on the camera, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know that reminds me of the time that I uh, transformed a little quicker. You know, Captain raises was, an eyebrow. It was cool, but it was well, you know it wasn't like a, you know, it was like this. Travis makes the same gesture. (laughs) In any case, I think this means that the stone is more present than we thought they were, and it would behoove all of us to perhaps draw less attention to ourselves, looking pointedly at Travis at the end of the captain. I mean, without changing his expression at all, the captain looks grumpy. What he said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one thing that happened. And it's gone now. Keep an eye out. Keep it in your mind. It'll be... Well, I mean, mean, to keep an eye out, should, should we be checking over our shoulders and for evil magic every couple of hours the captain does another when we're doing something when we're doing like oh this is going to be hard maybe we should like just you know check to make sure that the room is like all cleared of scary ghouls <laughs> is that something that i can do with an arcane like some variant of that Yes, I, I, okay. I definitely believe that. Okay. Now on to the other thing. The negotiation, which didn't, you know, go. go didn't go. Stopped. I mean, it, it went. Yeah, I mean, what? Given, given the curveball. Uh, what is going still, on with that? We're weave. still in play. The licking and I the mean, sniffing were important. We did all the experiments. We did the, the licking and the sniffing. Well, I did the licking and the sniffing. No one else seemed to care what it tasted or you, smelled like. You volunteered with the licking and the sniffing. <laughs> and we're all very, we're all very grateful that you did. I took initiative with the licking and the smelling. That, and that's fair. That is good. That's a good initiative. <laughs> well, I mean, so there's more weave out there. The implications are astounding. Oh, man. I wonder who knows. Maybe we got all the rest of it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's enough. I do remember the JPC had described one of the gestures that the captain is capable of is like the stroking your beard thoughtfully. Mm. Like, so the captain definitely treats himself to one of those. <laughs> this is, do, how would you destroy Featherweave? Uh, so that is an interesting question. 
let's make a knowledge adventuring or knowledge forbidden check. Oh, it's okay. also bad, isn't it? Uh, isn't it? How how difficult? I'm going to say average. Average. That's two. That's two. That's two. Actually, my knowledge forbidden is two. fun and good now. Ooh, it's super fun and good. Oh, that's oh, a no. you're in a threat. Mm. Jesus Actually, Christ. Why do I even bother playing today? <laughs> Johnny, what you know that it's impossible. It, it's indestructible. Uh, that's its whole thing. All you can do is I've use got it as a success diaper. and an advantage. Success and an advantage. Gable with that. Oh, but I did uh, it. You, I should never roll because I did break Featherweave, didn't I? What? When, no, when you, you you have not. Oh, never. No, when you killed Tiberius, you very much like when uh, Travis was using the knife earlier to test the feather weave. You struck through Tiberius and then into the feather weave, driving it into the ground. Okay. You did not actually pierce the weave, um, and even the fire didn't burn the weave. Um, what you do know is that. With Featherweave, to cut it or reshape it, it requires very special tools. And the reason you know this is in order to make Dref's device, which I remember had a name, uh, the extractor. Yeah, that's right. In order to make the extractor, Dref had to borrow a portion of the weave on the Uhuru sails, and he reshaped it with magic. And I think you got to witness this. And the thing that Dref explained to you, the reason that people don't just do this all the time is it is a very difficult and exacting spell or ritual that has to take place. Most of the time, people have to use those crane scissors in order to cut it and reshape it. And there's a whole set of tools that people who work with feather weave have to use to, you know, make it into sail shapes and maintain sails. If you do it through magic, if you mess that spell up, the weave will just unravel into kind of unremarkable thread. Hmm. it got a triumph oh. and a threat? What? What? <laughs> what? Oh. it. <laughs> oh, Jonnet, please tell us the thing that you haven't told anyone in the crew yet. You broke the extractor. You broke the extractor trying to mimic the spell that Dref did to reshape the weave earlier because like you had the, we, we made the extractor device. We brought it back onto the ship with all the cargo. Jonnet must've just had some unsupervised time alone where he broke this bit of weave and everybody was so excited about this huge, like, you know, cache of weave that the Uhuru picked up. Nobody bothered looking for the extractor afterwards, especially because they made Travis Matigo the quartermaster, and he would have been responsible for keeping track of that sort of thing. So... <laughs> So the extractor, to remind everybody in the cast and the audience, was a small bit of weave that was attached to like these hooks or whatnot that you could light on fire. And basically you attached the cargo that you stole from the civility to that and sent it drifting out of the boat. Then you brought the Uhuru around to pick up that. Basically, it's a feather weave parachute that 
until it burned out, was going to stay hovering in the air so that you'd be able to push whatever cargo you wanted off of the boat and collect it yourselves later. So you, what I'm saying is you broke the feather weave that was part of that device trying to reshape it. Okay. My pitch would be, because we've already kind of established that Jonnet has an arcane trick that he's used where he can take something and move it. Like mm-hmm. he did it kind of early on with the, like the shot. And my, my pitch would be he did that to the threads of feather weave in that he moves them like takes us uh, like a maybe a cube of feather weave and like if he breaks it down the middle then either side gets a little bit longer on their sides because it's just like moving the feather weave to the other end of it but the end result Mm. is it's split down the middle yeah so like you know exactly how to break it and how it can be broken okay so in that case i feel like he's been carrying this piece of feather weave for a minute (laughs) and he's just like I think I did something and he holds up the pieces of it and it's very you can see that like the feather weave itself might be very worn overall but then on one side of it there's like feather weave that seems almost brand new like super fresh feather weave and so the cut is like very erratic, but then you have this equally erratic cut that looks like it came off of one side repurposed to the, like another corner that it's the same shape as this other side, but it's like fresh. So it looks a little off. And so with that kind of John, it starts spiraling into a story where I didn't know exactly what I was doing. And, and I saw the, the extractor and, and everybody was so, uh, everybody's honestly, y'all were so drunk that night. And, and I just had some free time and I didn't feel like really hanging out. And so I was just, I was there in the cargo hold and I had the thing and the extractor was right there. And, and I just, I, I started using it and, and, and I, I, I kind of found out if, 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 if you take, if you take the feather weave that's there, but you you, you just you, you move it, you you move it to the other side, then the feather weave starts to break, and then it, 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 I don't know if it, it's it's but I ripped the feather weave, but I also moved the feather weave, and and now the feather weave I have this weave here, and I think I know how to break weave. <laughs> wow. Um the captain flicks Jonnet on the ear. Ow. It I'm right, fine. I, I know I deserve it, but uh, guys. Yeah. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Okay. That's so we could just cast magic spells at Featherweave and it'll explode. Is that the ritual that is needed to do, it, it is not just a spell. You can't just do it. Maybe Jonnet's was, but that might just be a Jonnet thing. Like the thing that Dref had to do was a very careful ritual that took a lot of time to set up. It's not the sort of thing that like there is a magician that can be on another ship that just like puts a hole in your weave and that's the fight, you know? Even if you did put a hole in the weave in another ship, like they're not 
blimps. They're not hot air balloons. So like putting a single hole in it isn't going to sink it, you know? Mostly what I was thinking when I, when I asked the question was like, if we eventually find even more of this and we find that it is of value, could we like destroy it so that they couldn't use it anymore? Theoretically, yes. Okay. Ooh. John, do you want to try tearing the new Eve? Uh, I mean, I could. I. Are we doing this now? Am I, do- am I rolling? Arcane? If you want to do it, yeah. <laughs> roll, roll, roll an arcane against, uh, let's call it daunting. Yeah. And we'll see what goes down here. <laughs> Jeez. This kid. All right. So that's four successes and three threats. Damn. <gasps> it's about time. We get some. Well, wait, how many successes and what? Four successes. Uh, four successes, three threats. Okay. Well, at least there are successes. Okay. So, Jonnet, the thing that you are going to get out of this, you're doing the spell that you did to the extractor on like this strip of you know, new weave or false weave or whatever you have here, the gold weave. You're, you're going to do that. You succeeded in that attempt. So you are going to reshape it however Jonnet was trying to reshape it in this moment. However, an incredible amount of energy spikes off of it and sends Jonnet flying back across the room. And Jonnet will hit a wall. <laughs> And take three points of damage. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and I feel like that's uh, so. Jonnet goes to tear the weave, and like maybe we see like a flash of light, and then we see like this big, big ass spark, and Jonnet flies across the room, and then we see like a long, thin thread of this gold weave just trail from the body of it across the weave with Jonnet. And so he's just, he's basically just broken it down to like one single thread, but he has unwound it. Oh, cool. So now it is just a thread. Just a single weave. thread. Like, yeah, it's it, th- that whole long scarf thing is now reduced to like something that could be put on a spool essentially. Yeah. But I will say, because all that was successful, it will still work the way weave would work. So You've essentially developed a brand new material of feather weave thread, which is kind of an exciting thing. Hmm. Did it do that the last time or was this a new thing? It got really hot and 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 it it felt like it was pushing me, but also I I I feel like I maybe gave it more oomph this time. I was trying to impress y'all. The captain takes a candle and holds some one end of the thread to the weave and it eventually like lights up gold and sails and dances in the air. Huh. Okay. John, it takes the, the small thread. He starts to wind it up around his hand until it gets back to the body of it. And then kind of like does a similar, I don't know if I have to roll for it, but like, wants to do a similar thing where he just takes that one single thread and sever it from the the body of the the main feather weave just to have this loose yarn. If you want to cut it 
to do that, that will take another roll. Yeah. And I, uh, the same same thing, I think it is a hard roll with uh, Arcane. It's like John just got up and is going to do it again. John, no, 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 no. It's going to... Hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you're gonna, you hit a wall. You're going to hit it again. <laughs> okay. Now that's... This is more in line. Oh, just barely. Okay. So that's just one threat. Uh, Yeah. I hate to break it to you. You made this cool thread of weave. You, as soon as you do another spell to it, the spell does not go well. And whatever magic was in that weave is now gone. And you just have a pile of unremarkable thread. Oh, hmm. oh man. Okay. So yeah, but the it, stuff that Oromar yeah. was holding into the fire, like it starts to smell like a little bit like burning hair, but like it's just gone now. With the with the regular weave, when you take it apart, what are the properties of like the thread? Uh, again, it turns into an unremarkable thread. Okay, there so few people weave is so valuable most people don't just sit around and experiment with it and sure. when i said this smelled like burning hair it probably doesn't smell like burning hair i actually don't know what smell it would have so it's un it's like unpleasant and distinct it's not just like burning cotton but like yeah people don't just sit around and break feather weave for fun because like a square inch of it can get you a really expensive bottle of wine or, or a brand new suit. Right. You don't mess around with that stuff. We've learned huh. today. I don't know what, <gasps> but lots of new information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, we didn't hear that one. Who? Oh. No, I guess. Oh, Tyler. Oh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> Really? You you like shrugged? It seemed like you were talking. I I was I was like I was like I was kind of just like in in the body of okay. someone who doesn't know what was going on. I'm like, ah, oh, I literally ah, thought you were talking. Ah, <laughs> this is so new. So, I mean, this feels like it's something that we can maybe unpack a little later. Sure, 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 sure. Absolutely, thing at a time. Which does bring us to the most important question. Jonnet, how was your date? Uh, I wouldn't say it was like a day. We were just we were just hanging out. It was a double Whoa. date. <laughs> oh, I oh I gotta show y'all the 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 Marengos. Oh man, so cool. Well, he probably gave them back to Johnny. Yeah, you you you're probably gonna have to buy one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you know, John, it's going to get s- some souvenirs. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to go shopping. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. This May brings a lot of exciting events to the OneShot Twitch stream. OneShot is teaming up with Tracy Barnett to celebrate their new game, You Are the Dungeon, a solo journaling RPG about playing as a sentient, malevolent dungeon that lures adventurers into its depths 
and either rewards or punishes them appropriately. During May, the one-shot Twitch stream is going to be putting up the We Are The Dungeon Twitch streams, where some of your favorites from around the network join Tracy to play through this journaling game as a multiplayer experience. On May 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Eleni and Mike from the Neo Scum are going to join Tracy. May 11th at 8 Eastern, the Double Clicks. May 12th at 8 Eastern, Adira Slattery and Jeremy Gage. May 12th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Val and JV from Paperboat Productions. May 13th at 8 Eastern, Victoria, Tracy, and B from The Broadswords. And May 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Aaron and Jeff from All My Fantasy Children will join Tracy. Heroes, this game has a really fun concept, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what everyone from the network does on these streams. You can catch them all by tuning into twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. Be sure to check out the poster in the show notes to get reminded of those times. But that's not all, because Jeff Stormer of All My Fantasy Children and Party of One is running a charity stream on May 17th. The Miracle Monday Super Stream is a special one-time interactive live-streamed solitaire game of Jeff's game, Anyone Can Wear the Mask. He'll be playing the game while taking suggestions from donors to make a truly one-of-a-kind watching experience. And everything raised by the stream goes to benefit Trans Lifeline, one of our favorite charities here on the network. If you want to catch that, tune in on May 17th, starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, going to question marks, over at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. Heroes May is also bringing a lot of cool stuff to our Patreon. Running right now on the OneShot Patreon, we have a new Campaign Skyjack side series starring the kids from Skyjack's Courier's Call and fan-favorite side characters Jolly Jack and Margaret. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, we just posted the second episode yesterday. So if you can't get enough content from Sphere, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash oneshotpodcast and sign up to be a backer at the $5 level or more. That gets you access to that bonus content and all sorts of other Skyjacks related goodies. It will also get you pumped for our upcoming Kickstarter for the second season of Skyjack's Courier's Call. Drew and the rest of the cast have some really ambitious things planned for this season, and I can't wait for it to happen. If you're excited about it too, be sure to head to bit.ly slash skyjackscrew to sign up to join our mailing list. That's the best place to get notified about updates surrounding the Kickstarter and find out as soon as it goes live. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We wouldn't be able to make this show without you. Thanks to everyone who backs us already and everyone who's going to join up in the future. Now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Oh, there is one event that y'all haven't talked about. And it's whatever the captain did. To the cutting stone? No, there was that moment between him and Sifa where, Mm, 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 mm. yeah, that might be a thing that you want to touch on before we. Speaking of young love, 
God, I hate that that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that that's true for fucking Travis. God damn it. Comparatively. (laughs) Oh, God. I think. But like over a hundred years. I think Travis just says it and kind of looks over to the captain and gives him like a a look. (laughs) The captain turns to you and shrugs like, what have you to say to me? Oh, come on. We all we all felt it. There were I think saying there were vibes is an understatement. And if you if you look, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it. But I trust you. And I trust you would tell us if you didn't know what you were doing. He signs to you. I have it. I have it is have not or I have it. The crown. Uh, whose crown? He starts to try and make a sign, and it is too complicated. So he signs the king above kings. Oh. Does Gable know what he's talking about? Because I think I know what he's talking about. Yeah, Gable flashes back. Oh, yeah. This is just a whole other revelation that puts a lot of things together. You flash back to that moment where you stab the sovereign through the heart and what ethereal thing comprises the sovereign's body starts to unravel and the person that is with you starts to pull you away from that place, that island and you can see that island getting smaller and smaller and the things around the sovereign's body dissipating and the crown that is the cosmos that sat upon the sovereign's brow just falls off and rolls away and you see that island as you pull away getting smaller and smaller and then there's another memory that is not as hazy because it's one that you never lost that you still retained and that is the memory of you zipping down onto an island that at the time felt strangely familiar and now you finally have the puzzle pieces you need to lay them over each other. The island that you visited, the island where Calivar betrayed the captain and the captain was struck down and you fought bravely to save yourselves and the captain's body was the same island where you killed the Sovereign 200 years ago. Fuck. There's a knock at the door. Uh, Come in. Two guards open the door, and there is a 70-year-old man with wild natural hair and a shock white streak running through it and an old banjo. Hawano, hi. Also, what are you doing here, man? So word on the street is that y'all are going to do a tornado calling tomorrow. And I figured 
since uh, the young one's pretty interesting, I might give you some pointers. Yeah, we're kind of in a tight spot. Uh, While I was kind of up there with you, learning about the wind, a lot of stuff was happening on the ground, and we're kind of sorting through that right now. He walks in, he holds his hand up, so that everybody in the room can see his hexagonal tattoos. And he just kind of looks around the room and tries to clock who understands the gesture that he's making. I think we decided that the only person who has been to Ungoni before is Oromar. So then the question is, are any of you quick studies of like cultural significance? I mean, I will take that silence as an answer. Uh, so he finally lands his gaze on Oromar. They lock eyes and Oromar uh, holds up a hand sign uh, that just means respect. Hawano nods that. All right. I can see that we got a lot of education to go through. So a few things. Tornado calling is how we resolve conflicts around here. Um, and it is controlled by the four schools of dance that rule over Ungoni. Now, I know that the Tempest Armada has danced before. And I know that if you go to a dance against any of them, you're going to get your ass kicked. Hey! No, he's right. Oh, I can coach you, and I can coach you in my style. And I can do a pretty good job of it in an afternoon. I don't know that you'll win, but you might. I mean, what's what's your style? Uh, how will we be better off doing the Huana way versus figuring it out on our own? With that, he smiles. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> you're, his... you're going to make us do a bunch of chores. <laughs> and, then, and then we're gonna learn some kind of lesson and i'll tell you i'm not interested because if there's one thing i don't do it's learn my lesson yeah we don't do lessons very well here <laughs> the smile rolls across his face like smoke from a candle flame it is an easy smile a relaxed smile and he says so a lot of people, I think, in all the schools in Ungoni, really, that run the city, they see the wind as this whipping thing that moves fast and hard. Everything is about young folks doing big moves all the time. But that means that only a certain type of person is making the decisions around here. And I don't think that's a good way to do things. I'm not from Ungoni. Exactly. I am Ungoni by blood, but I didn't grow up around here. I grew up somewhere else. So I came here, you know, to get away, to retire, because I've always been curious. And there are a lot of things that are great about living here, but there are a few things that I think are not so great. So I went through what I needed to go through in order to become an Uhi. That's one of the people that makes decisions around here. Unfortunately, 
a couple people have conspired to make it so that you got to be a certain level of uhi before people start listening to you. And in order to reach that level of uhi, you got to join one of the four schools. And none of the four schools see things the way I see things. So if I'm going to make any of the changes that I want to make around here, I got to add a new school. No one dances the way I do here. I can show you a way to dance that the people that you will be dancing against have never seen before. Now that could be an advantage for you. It's also your first time doing it, so there's a big chance you lose. But I'm willing to bet an afternoon of my time that there's a chance that you could win. Now, this is intriguing. This is going a different way than I originally anticipated. And I, In I like order to learn, going. you're going to have to do a lot of chores and oh, learn no, some very no. personal training montage. <laughs> I thought we were going down a, a more dance first, dance hard, no mercy path. <laughs> you're going to be moving slow or learning to move slow. Even in a fast wind, Mm -hmm. there are places where things flow coolly and easily. All of that whipping, all of that fast movement comes from resistance. I am going to teach you how to flow and not resist, how to roll around instead of through. Okay, where's your ship? We'll start waxing. Well, I'll admit I had a prior engagement this evening that uh, I'm still obligated to. I've got other students from my school, even though they can't be recognized by official colors yet. I'm hoping that they will one day, and I can't leave them hanging. So tomorrow in the morning— Am I going to dance in front of teenagers? Am I going to stand in front of a clock that goes tick-tock and dance in front of teenagers, and they're all going to laugh at me? Am you I going to do a TikTok dance? learning TikTok dancing. Yes. No! <laughs> that is how it works. <laughs> so, yeah, tomorrow morning I will come to collect you and I will teach you what I know. In return, when you go to dance, you're going to be wearing these. And he pulls out bandanas that have a particular, like, pattern on them. These are the colors of what my school will be. Done. Johnny uh, I just it. am curious. By the time the yeah. camera whips around, John like? has already got it on. <laughs> oh. What does it look like? What does it look like? Yeah. Well, it, it, like horizontal stripes, like maybe like a, I don't know, purple and gold. we've already done Halloween collars with the broker. We have? We've done purple Halloween. Purple and gold. I like purple and gold. Purple yeah, and gold. Yeah, so we got, we got uh, stripes from Tyler and purple and gold. Let's get one more detail from Johnny and Liz. Can the stripes be made of like rows of hexagons? Yeah, Ooh. I like that. Yeah, That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So it looks like a bee it looks like a beehive. Dig that. Oh, I like that. That's very cool. The material is like wicking, like thick enough that it like is moisture wicking, which is oh, strange yeah. for how light it is. That's cool. I like that. So yeah, we we've got these these rad bandanas. I'm not going to lie to you. When you walk in there like this, it's going to cause a bit of a stir, and you're probably going to piss a few people off. Yeah, well, 
you won't have to deal with it for long. It'll be me dealing with it for the most part, but also I'll be able to dance about it. And, uh, I think I can kick some ass. So how long were the other four schools of dance established at the same time? When was the last time that someone added a new school of dance? Hawano like leans back, stretches a little bit. You know, I don't know. That's not one of the things that I researched. <laughs> These huh. rugs. I'm not from around here, kid. <laughs> that's that's so refreshing. <laughs> yeah, we talked to all these people and we asked them questions and they know everything. It makes us feel foolish. <laughs> but talking to someone and they also say, ah, oh, no, boy, that that makes me feel at home. It makes it's a me breath feel of fresh air. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Fresh air. That's what I'm after. You see, I would probably have to join a school and learn things about when that school was founded and when the other schools were founded and all of their moves and, and dance their way. And I'm an old man. I can't dance like that. I, so, too, hate learning. I, too, am an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, it's we're... all up to you. <laughs> Be young and learn. Uh, you know what? I will change nothing. <laughs> he looks down at Jonnet and places a hand on his shoulder and looks at him very seriously. It might be all up to you. What? What? No, this got real? What do you mean? I've seen some stuff from you, kid. I'm going to be looking for it tomorrow when we're training, but there's a chance it might come all down to you. Is that all right? You can handle that? Janet's face goes from slightly concerned to more serious and then gives you the slightest like little smirk is like, yeah. With that, uh, Hiwano nods his head, stands up straight, looks to meet the captain's eyes, does the sign back for respect and says, I'll be by your ship in the morning. And he leaves. So at this point, I, I just want to ask for like a quick snippet. Ooh, what does everybody do with their evening? Um, I mean, Jonet is going to go to wait. What time is what? What time is it? Um, you know, I, like I got to imagine it's about eight or nine right now, right? Because the uh, meeting started shortly after sundown. There was a little bit of ceremony and a little bit of teen party. Then everything blew up and y'all probably had a talk for about an hour, you know? And it's spring, so. Okay. Well, Jonathan's feeling a little drained. He's done, had a lot, a long day. He's going to see if there's like any kind of Ungoni bodega and he's going to get himself a sweet treat. And he's also going to look for a shop that will tomorrow or in the future be able to work on those gliders, like a set of gliders for him. Oh, hell yeah. So there is a... There, there is a little bodega and uh, like you go in and like they've got some products for sale. The, the really notable thing is there is a huge, extremely fat bodega cat uh, that is hanging out there. 
Um, <laughs> we're just going to establish that Bodega Cats do still exist in Ungoni. Instead of going after rats, they go after uh, little birds that fly super high to <laughs> eat all the, the goods. So the Bodega Cat is like Bodega surprisingly cats. nimble. Or like a bird flies mm-hmm. by and the Bodega Cat just snatches it out the air. Oh. Oh. There's like one single feather lofting to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, you get out, uh, you see across the street from the bodega, uh, there is a shop uh, that's called Taoni Hawks. Uh, Shut up. up. Do sell gliders. Shut up. Get out. <laughs> oh, every day of my life, James is here. Taoni <laughs> uh, Hawks. I mean... Great. Meh. I assume yeah, it's closed. There. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is closed right now. It, it is is kind of late, but you definitely will be able to hit up uh, the glider shop before you leave for sure. <laughs> Great. Which brings us to Gable. What's Gable doing? Um, Gable is sort of confused, but doesn't want to inquire more with the captain about what the crown means because I think they're at brain capacity and they're like, that's enough old traumas for the evening. I'm going to ignore this. <laughs> and so they're going to go to the docks and try and find, there's probably not pebbles on the ground, but try and find heavy enough things of wood or rock and start whipping it at any windows there are on the glass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, so Liz, uh, I'm going to draw a luminary for this, um, cause there, there are a, definitely a few ways that I could see that going. The union, I kind of think you, you, you find some like stones or whatever, like I, there, there wouldn't be stones. I kind of think the only thing that would be around to throw is like, pennies essentially like you you have to get currency i'm still trying to work out what all the metals are for for currency like i know that there are copper bars and bits i think there has to be a level below copper i I i'm thinking it's pewter but that would still like be satisfying enough but it's also not so valuable that like you know you're you're throwing like hundreds of dollars away at (laughs) on a window so you you are hucking some of this and most people are partying right now. Like even even though there was this kind of disastrous event, like the crews leave anger to their captains. There will be a tornado calling tomorrow. They know that the crew of the Uhuru hasn't had to dance and that there are people from the Tempest who have danced before. So like, you know, that they are going to drink while they can. And certainly those like dockside bars that opened up are still open. So there are people around partying. Gable, while you're doing this, the familiar scent of rope kind of like wafts behind you. And it is Wendell and Nodos from the Uhuru. And we get like snapshots of you kind of explaining what's going on. And then there's a snapshot of all three of you throwing stuff uh, at the windows of the glass. (laughs) Then a window breaks. The three of you run away. You go to a bar. And then there's like an evening of of drinking and rope smoking happens with you and the other like kind of meatheads that are on the Uhuru crew. 
Very good. What about Travis? Yeah, this is tricky. I think he is in a little bit of a sad place right now in general. But I think he also has a hard time passing up revelry. Mm. He's just kind of drowning himself in drink and sort of like being a little overly enthusiastic about like partying and hanging out because he's just trying not to think about other stuff. Let's pull a luminary for you. We get the butcher. I think you do something a little destructive. Ooh. Is there a way? Tell me if this is like too big of a swing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so drunk right now. (laughs) I'm very upset. There's a lot going on. I think I am telling a small group of people the story of Margaret. Oh. And I think what I would like to try and do, I want to explain Margaret and the Forest Queen and stuff to this group. And I think I want one of them to be like, you know what? I, I would have just told the Forest Queen to like fuck off. And I want to try and like summon her somehow. Drunk dial the forest queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. No. So we return once again to a long line of colorful characters who are waiting to apply for their chance to join the Skyship Uhuru. Uh, we see someone come off the line uh, and approach the the judgment table. Uh, Johnny, do you want to describe this character for us? Um, yeah, he's a, a man, an adult man. Um, he looks honestly yeah. suspiciously like... If you use um, one of those apps that makes you look old, on uh, Jonnet. Okay. And he's wearing um, a jean jacket <laughs> and um, like f- fingerless leather gloves. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, oh, might, might I say that that's a mighty nice looking fabric you got on that jacket there. It's denim spit. We know what denim is. <laughs> I was denim, just about to say. Denim was developed in the 1800s. What? This year? is clearly a 1700s at maximum. I guess we do have revolving and repeating firearms. So that's a pull from the 1800s. I suppose denim could have come with yeah, it. Yeah. Time well, is fruity. That's a cool jacket. If you're confused by my jacket, maybe it's because... Um, to you, the technology is fairly new, but to me, it's fairly old. Once again, I know what denim is. I <laughs> Who's to say? I have seen it and worn it with my jeans. I, I do want to point out that there appears to, when you alluded to the fact that to you, this fabric uh, might be a little bit older, there was kind of a dramatic musical sting that accompanied that. Yeah, that was weird, huh? Yeah, 
I mean, uh, well, as long as it doesn't happen too much. Uh, uh, what, what brings you? What brings you to the crew? What makes you think you'd be a good fit aboard a pirate ship? I was born abor- aboard a pirate ship, and I've lived on a pirate ship my whole life. Good, good experience. Okay, how old are you? You've, have you ever been on land, like Al? Where I'm from, there is no land anymore. Oh, wow. Intrigue. Well, I mean, the, the sea levels are rising. I've definitely heard of a lot of islands getting swallowed up. Uh, j- just so we know, it uh, d- doesn't appear that you got a resume here. Uh, what ship uh, did you say you served aboard? There's only one ship in the future. <laughs> Excuse I me? I mean, in the place where I'm from. Excuse oh, me? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold on. Are you from uh, an island chain called the future? Oh, yes. gosh. Well, uh, sir. Uh, I'm f- I'm from a ship called the future. <laughs> oh, I don't no. I don't think that is the case, sir. I think you did say there is only one ship in the future, so it can't the future can't be the ship. Are you from hey, if you're from the future, you have to tell us. You do have to tell us it is a kind of a regulation that we have here on the ship. Mm-hmm. It won't affect your application at all. It's just that we have to know. No, but it does affect your payment status as an employee. Our HR network is complex. Yeah, we can only do contractors for the future. The W-2s don't really process that well. Uh, then, okay, yes, I am from the future. And no, it's that musical sting again. Huh. Wow. Huh. It's getting more wow. intense. I've been sent back to to warn my father about... About Judgment Day. Ooh, Judgment Day. Okay, now that does sound pretty. Wait a minute. Your face is like my... And John, it puts up both hands. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your face (laughs) is like... And then he he grabs... Wait, what was your name? (laughs) John Kessler. John, <laughs> your fi- your fi- your man, your name, my. <gasps> wow, man! And then he 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 starts to uh, he starts to reach up to your forehead. Then he stops. May I poke? You may, but all you'll find is a microchip. What? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> John, John, it rips well, off. Oh, no, we don't have microchips. We can have blue jeans, but we can't have microchips. Also, I believe it's uh, how far in the future did you say you were from? Well, Judgment Day happens in 1997. So. <laughs> okay, well, it's 200. It's about 200 right now. So I guess we're learning something about the lifespan of John. Yeah, wait a minute. How old do I get? Am I still alive in judgment before Judgment Day? Jonathan, the, the more important question is, how old are you fucking? Because still. <laughs> it's clearly old you're, enough. You're staying fertile for a very long <laughs> oh, time. Jonathan, Johnny, can we loop her? Jonathan, can we loop her? <laughs> can we please? Well, wait. It, I think we've already missed the opportunity looper. to loop her. This is a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, I forgot. I'm sorry, Gable. Well, I mean, wait, we'll wait, John, next... right now could decide 
to tattoo his baby. To tattoo. <laughs> um, when that thing pops out, you you do a little bit of tattooing, and, and we could we could maybe have some fun. Okay, but right I- here, right now, in the day and year that it is, Jonnet Kessler is I, and I am going to tattoo my child, uh, uh, J Day, nineteen ninety what three. Judgment yeah. Day? 1997. 1997. It's J-day, written here right on my arm. <gasps> yes! We did a looper. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now that you mention it, uh, I, I will say. All right. Though, All right. Hang on. Hang on. All right. Second like tattoo. Tonic, Second tattoo. You're a bit. So. All right. So. So for this next one. Um, oh, ass, cash, or grass? <laughs> Come on, Dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, yes. Someone help me pick the calf. Um. All right. Calf tat. Hmm. Oh, uh, it's a Calvin peeing on the logo of a, a Chevrolet. Oh, uh, yes. A, 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 the Chevy logo. Uh, oh, yes. Love it. This is going to be so embarrassing when I get in my Chevy when I get back home. <laughs> I should have thought about that. Should have thought about Those are the you... only cars in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, that's all for now. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, I mean, well, it, it's good to... Okay, I think we have verifiable proof that this is indeed uh, uh, your child, which does mean we need to know what is Judgment Day. Uh, that's when the Mariner comes and destroys all life on Earth and everyone turns into a cool skeleton. But they also die. Wait. Okay, that's kind of a bummer. How cool? Extremely cool. Like, like, like cool death poses? Or like, does everyone get a cigarette? Or... Oh, well, everyone... Let, Every, let, let. Everyone who wants one does get a cigarette. <laughs> and also, you see, you see the death coming, so you can pose however you want before you turn into a skeleton. <laughs> Boy, that's very I, I cool. I want you to put it on a chart from just the concept of Tom Selleck to a wizard on a van uh, standing on top of a mountain with lightning coming out of its hand. What? How cool is it? Uh wizard on a van but the wizard is a skeleton <gasps> oh wow. fuck that's pretty cool <laughs> the magic cool. out of the hands is bones and goop and blood <laughs> oh i accept judgment day i've already decided i'm gonna well, become a cultist <laughs> i mean here's i for one am against judgment day uh because oh you it, nerd it, <laughs> Most of most of my fetishes do involve human flesh. Ugh. There's no around that. Ugh. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> You've tried. <laughs> You've tried to get around the flesh loophole. Oh. <laughs> now, if we're talking about flesh loopholes, okay, that's okay, a yeah, we all we all heard it, and then it was just like a matter of time before it like manifested. <laughs> Wait. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, go no, ahead. No, no, go no, ahead, no. Your thing. I was just going to say that I, I'm, you know, I had to come back uh, to warn you that the, you know, Judgment Day is coming and the Mariner yeah. wants to kill you specifically. He's going to mark you and he's going to send all of his forces from CNET to, to <laughs> take you. Oh, from CNET? From CNET, CNET, yeah. Aren't they a, 
news outlet like a product review company well, it's like, like a- it's like skynet but the water oh oh with an s okay gotcha, gotcha. yeah also sky- and also net sky- like fishing so it's yeah. like a double it's like two or three things in one very thing. good very that's good that's pretty good yeah very kept good kept skynet because we live in the sky that's Oh, Skynet actually, yeah. Skynet, yeah. But the but the Mariner is from the sea. That's true. That's true. It's equal to me, I think. Wait a minute. So that means if the Mariner's coming after me on Judgment Day, nineteen (laughs) ninety seven, does that mean that I'm still alive and of a worthy candidate? Am I immortal? One more thing that I didn't mention is that about 30 years ago, we did change our calendars. <laughs> oh, um, okay. <laughs> Wait. And we started, we started it at uh, 19, 1995. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Wait, how old so, are you? I don't know, like 30 something. Whatever okay. makes sense in the, in the fiction. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. But if you're saying that in 30 years, there will be a calendar shift, and then in two years, there will be Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. So, and you're 30-something, then does that mean that that I have a kid in a couple? Well, I didn't say when exactly I'm from. And he also did say he did say uh, that his age is whatever makes sense in the canon, which is talking about flesh loopholes right there. That's a big one. Okay, all right, that's, that's a good. That's a very important one. to say. Thank you for covering that. Or this man is John. It. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. He does. He does look like Jonet, but that is that is doesn't mean he's the same man. Okay, but uh, I, so also. Hmm. Never mind. I realize no. Gable, okay. you're getting further away. I don't know. <laughs> your your foot so, is out the captain's <laughs> out the window. I, I, okay. I got dizzy. So. I just I do want to recap a, a tiny bit because you were sent back in time to speak to us to warn us that a date in the future, specifically 1997, the Mariner is going to destroy the whole world. However, we change the calendar at some point to a new numbering system, mm-hmm. and we. We haven't quite defined that point, so you've just told us that at a non-specific point in the future, the Mariner's going to be a threat, which is, I hate to break it to you, a thing we kind of already know. It's true now, as it if it was. Oh. Um, John, it can see well, the future. Yeah. And you I mean, didn't I don't that know I was... that in the canon, but You didn't it's know that fact. I was coming then, Dad? You could have, I don't know. Prepared a little for your son? Well, I mean, the the third eye works in strange and mysterious ways. Sometimes it turns on, sometimes it turns off. It kind of just, you know, does what it needs to do in, in the moment. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Also, uh, I had a big breakfast today. And sometimes when I'm a little sleepy, that's when the, the visions go right over me. Hmm. Okay. I, keep, I keep a personal planner. That's how I remember important dates. 
Thanks. So what if John got in a car that went very fast? What is a car? Like a Chevrolet? (laughs) No, not like a Chevrolet. We hate Chevrolet. And the car went so fast it went into the future, but then it changed the past. It's you being here now. I'm sorry. I came back from outside. Uh I needed a breath of fresh air. What if you are changing the future right now? I guess that is what you're doing. Well, yeah. Look at all these dipshit tattoos I have. Fourth tattoo idea. (gasps) Uh, The the left calf at a time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, uh, a like wind starts swirling around, and there are like little lightning flashes, and then a a like rowboat like shoots out of (laughs) out of nowhere, (laughs) leaving flaming streaks behind it. Jonet, you've got to come with me. It's your kid, Jonet. Your kid. Yes. Yes. This is Doctor Magenta. <laughs> it's been so long. Where have you been? Oh man. I've been in the future, the year 2015. Wait, is this before or after the calendar? This is after the calendar date changed. John, it, you, you've got to listen to You're me. You're shaking you've me. Listen to me, John. It. At a non-specific point in the future, we change our calendar system to be 2015 exactly. Then, sometime after that, we change it to be. Oh no. Oh, oh no, oh, James. Oh, James, we lost you. Your microphone. <laughs> we lost him mid magenta. <laughs> I I think that's a good button though for that. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Neoscum. Neoscum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders. Z, an acerbic cyber troublemaker. Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech Wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. Join the irascible Neoscum crew on a puerile rock and road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. Jonet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. 
You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the skies.